This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by the Grand Duke of Gifts, the Conductor of Chaos, the Middle Manager of Madness. He is Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? The mad scientist never seems to surprise me. Um, I'm, I'm doing all right. Life has been an avalanche this week. Um, <laughs> yes, it for everyone listening, you're, buckle up. You're in for a good show. Me and Metcalf are probably going to be in rare form. We've, we've, had, we've had a week. Um, we just had a little vent before we hit record and we were laughing hysterically. Just, you know, sometimes life is a heavyweight boxer that just keeps throwing haymakers and connecting every single time. And you just got to keep getting back up, you know? So Metcalf, how are you doing? I'm excited for this episode. I feel like it's going to get very weird. Ah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go with that. <laughs> Uh, but, I'm hey. so scared for the listeners. <laughs> so scared. I'm telling you guys, like, just this is going to be an all timer. No, but I mean, we 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 get to wrap up the week talking ball and uh, g- going into the weekend with a, having a little bit of fun. So you know that that that, that makes the whole week worth it. So I, I'm doing great. Um, obviously, listeners, as you can tell from the title of the episode, uh, we are going to be running through the most recent. Uh, no ceilings composite big board that just dropped on thursday over at no ceilings just head over there it's 100 free just click that subscribe button while you're there plug number one boom off to a hot start um so we're going to run through that uh today uh real quick uh the Kyrie irving news just dropped i don't have anything super insightful to say on it um there are a lot smarter people with a lot better insights that you can find out there um all i'm gonna say is don't be an asshole it's really that simple that's it. Yeah. Uh, we'll get banned if I open my mouth about all of that, but wow. Um, just, it's really, just don't easy. be an asshole. It's really not hard to be an asshole. You know, it's actually harder to be an asshole. So just, yeah. you know, be, be polite, but um, <laughs> happy. I'm, I'm happy he got suspended. Yeah. And it'll be fascinating to see where it goes from there. But alas, we are not here to talk about Kyrie no, and it, because yeah, he yeah. does not deserve any of our bandwidth at this moment. Right. So we are here to kind of go over our likes, our dislikes, where we differed, all that good stuff on the No Ceilings Composite Big Board. So we'll, we're just going to run through five names at a time here, and we're going to start out with one through five. Uh, number one being Victor Wembanyama, two, Scoot Henderson, three, Derek Whitehead, four, Cam Whitmore, and five, Amen Thompson. So... Rucker, was there anything that stood out to you there? Anything you liked, disliked? Any big picture thoughts on the top five? Metcalf, wait a second. Did you? Okay, you're you're reading off the left, right? Did you say Whitmore's three or Whitmore's four? We're, uh, we're off. We're off to a hot start. 
I said, I said what more is for. Did, did okay. I already screw this up? Yeah, we're already screwed up. So let's awesome. let me Love hit it. this. That's what I'm saying, folks. This is a rare one. <laughs> and for anyone listening, this is even a funnier story. Let's side story this real quick before we go forward. Nathan, you're going to love this story. <laughs> Matt, and, and Metcalf knows exactly where I'm going. So last night, you know, Nathan's a little under the weather. Shout out, Nathan. Hope you're feeling better. Last night, uh, we needed someone to enter the big board online. And Nathan's usually the guy. He, he's he's the jack of all trades. So Nathan, he, you know, load management, I, I had to step up. And I'm on 1% battery with my brain at this moment. So I, I write the whole big board out. And I was like, man, these rankings are a little interesting, like wild. Like this was our composite big board. Wake up to a text from our editor. Shout out, Nick. Nick's like, hey, uh, I don't think this is the right big board. I go, look, I had entered Nathan's rankings. So, <laughs> which is what sh- I just read off, which is what <laughs> he made the same mistake. So shout out, Nathan. I love you. And it was just funny because I liked a lot of the board and I got some, I was like, wow, we all had composite rankings of that. And I was like, interesting. So Nathan, love you. But Metcalf made the same mistake as me. So here, let me, let me help him out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Wim- I've updated my sheet. So <laughs> go, go ahead. Victor Wimanyama is at number one. Number two, Scoot Henderson. Those two should shock you. Number three, <laughs> Cameron news. Whitmore of Villanova. Number four, Derek Whitehead of Duke. And number five is Nick Smith Jr. of Arkansas. Are we okay? You woke me up now. See, I know what you're doing, and I like it. Yeah, I'm because, just testing you. I'm seeing yeah, if you're paying, woke your, me up. paying attention. Right. <laughs> I'm here. We're back. <laughs> um, so, no, so, obviously, one and two, I think that's going to be pretty cemented for – 99% of people's boards mm-hmm. uh, that didn't really surprise me in any form or fashion. Um, Cam Whitmore, Derek Whitehead, three and four. I know there are a lot of fans of both at no ceiling. So again, not really a surprise. Um, I have both of those in my top five. Uh, and then Nick Smith, I know I'm a, just a couple spots lower on him, but the, the, this doesn't feel like an out of the ordinary kind of preseason top five to me. No, I, I think it's pretty pretty spot on Nick Smith's going to be the interesting one. I I know we're very, very high on Cam Whitmore, the injury going into the season, which they updated and said, he's still got no timetable, bit of a buzzkill. Don't love that. No, don't love that. So we're going to have to be wait and see, but important before we kind of get into the, the depths of this big board is everyone listening. Like, remember this is preseason. We, We've talked about this in the past, and if you're a first-time listener, welcome. But, you know, last year we had so much movement from the first couple big boards we had. We we had, you know, Keegan Murray skyrocket up boards. Johnny Davis wasn't even on our first board, I think. I, I mean, I made a chart tracking it, and I was laughing at the end of the year of how many names went up and down compared to our consensus. So it's going to look a lot different. Even the first – update we have you know this is volume one but volume two will probably look insanely different so it, it's going to be exciting though this is what we love to do it but um yeah I, I think the top five looks pretty good so far um i have no problems with it out of those five names who would you be or who sorry let, let, let me rephrase that who do you think would, is most likely to kind of fall out of that top five um I could say, I could see, I wanted to say, 
Whitehead's also got the, we got two guys in the top five that are not going to start out the season. You know, they're both injured. Whitehead's got his foot thing. We don't know when he's coming back. They said maybe November, but hey, I think they're being cautious um, or optimistic. Mm-hmm. I could see Nick Smith getting off to a little bit of a slow start just because that team is so stacked that maybe he's not putting up the numbers right away. Um, and that's always the kind of the way with some of these early season games is guys might not put up big numbers because they're, they're adjusting to college basketball and the speed of the game. And sometimes their schedules, like I don't have Arkansas schedule in front of me, but sometimes their schedules are made for the confidence builders early on in the year. So they might not play the the full game if they're blowing a team out. But what about you? I, I, I think that's kind of my pick too. Um, big fan of his, but it wouldn't surprise me if, first quarter to first half of the season that team kind of has some bumpy learning curves as they learn to play together because there are a lot of guys on that team who had really similar offensive roles in high school so there there may be some sort of learning curve for all three you know learning to play a little more off the ball um I think Nick Smith actually has the best skill set to do that um I think he's you know when the three guys I'm obviously talking about are Anthony Black Jordan Walsh and Nick Smith who played a lot or initiated the offense a lot in high school. So it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of find that balance and are able to kind of elevate the whole team along with it. But early in the season, it wouldn't surprise me if there are some bumps in the road for them. Um, It also wouldn't surprise me if that's the top five when we get to draft time, because I think all of these guys are uber talented and are due for a big year. But the rest of the top 10, we have Jairus Walker at six, Keontae George at seven, Amen Thompson at eight, Brandon Miller at nine, and Derek Lively at 10. It's been pretty funny. Just the No Ceilings Collective. Um, I love all the guys. You guys are all, and, and, you know, Paige is awesome too. Shout out Paige. I don't want to be just, you know, a weirdo and leaving her out, but talking about Jerris Walker the last couple months all of us and then seeing the consensus with the mainstream guys and it's just funny cuz we're all either going to be looking like you know <laughs> Beetlejuice when he's having his rant in the middle of the graveyard or or we're going to be pretty pumped about life but yeah we 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 got him really high and it's a lot higher than I've seen him other places. And it's also awesome. Shout out to everyone on social media. Everyone's like, love the Jairus love. Like every, yeah. people are buying. So it's going to be fascinating to see. I could see us having him a little high to start the year. Um, he he could be one of those guys that goes down a little and then starts to find his groove and go skyrocket. But that's just my opinion. Um, you got any immediate thoughts? I mean, no, I have Jairus Walker at four. So I love it. I, 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 me, you, and Corey have been peddling the, the Jairus Walker propaganda for a few months now. And I just, I just can't wait to see him play for Houston and all reports that I keep seeing of their preseason are that he looks awesome. Um, I'm just very excited to see him. It wouldn't shock me if statistically, um, he's a little underwhelming. And I feel like I agree. He, he could be one of these guys who, is doing a bunch of the little things that don't really show up in the box score. So people who maybe don't watch him super closely are going to be like, really? You guys are like pushing this guy as like a top 10, top five pick. And he's averaging like eight, six and four. It's like, 
cool. Like that's a, that's a really mediocre college player, but then, you know, you see the defensive versatility, the ball movement, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, Oh, okay. There, there's a lot more here, but given that he's a freshman on a pretty, you know, veteran team who also has some other freshman talent, it wouldn't surprise me if usage wise and responsibility wise, he takes a step back from where he was at IMG. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to be chasing stats with Jairus Walker yeah. this year. I don't even know, you know, and, it's not like I chase stats with anyone I'm evaluating, but I could see NBA teams and front offices getting more excited about the the intangibles and the flashes on the court and what he's projecting to be um, because he's a load and he can do a lot of stuff. So I, I'm really excited, and that's going to be a very stacked, exciting Houston team. So that's also why I'm not expecting huge numbers. Like I, I'm right, I'm right there with you. If he's averaging ten eight and four i'm gonna be like Ooh, okay here we go you know but um I, it would shock me if he the opening month is just putting up cuckoo numbers because i just think it's with a lot of these guys you got to be patient in that opening month it's really dangerous to get discouraged that opening month or overreact because you know we, we do the same thing in the nba season like yeah. everyone freaks out the first month and it's like some of these teams take a while to get their footing, you know, shout out to the Cleveland Cavs. I'm still bummed about the Celtics loss last night that man, they look great right now, that game was fun. but no, that game was so fun. And it was one of those where I was like, I, this sounds bad as a fan, but I don't care about the opening month because I'm just like, it, it, everyone's trying to figure their shit out, but Cleveland looked great. They're playing awesome basketball and it was a great game um, off topic. So talk to me. Who else, what else are you thinking? Um, so we got to talk about Amen Thompson. We just, mm-hmm. we talked about him a ton last week with Corey and, you know, recapping this trip down to overtime elite. Um, but Amen Thompson is widely considered by a lot of outlets, the third best prospect in this class. And a lot of people have him locked in at three. Some even have him at two, a lot have him top five. We kind of seem to be the lowest in the kind of draft community on the Thompson twins, um, but especially a man who's gained a lot of top five hype. Were you surprised that he came in at eight? No. Um, and and it, I'm not ragging on a man Thompson. I, I'm, I've been one of the guys that's lower on him. And I feel like the more I'm watching him lately, the more I'm getting intrigued and and buying the idea but this is also the the scary part like i've been hyping up on social media like draft season's officially about to be back when college basketball's back because a lot of people might be like hey draft season's already going on and it's like no because a lot of these guys are playing so the first thing we want to think is that's new so we're getting to watch these guys and we're falling in love and in, intrigued with them because they're the only thing right now that's playing and once these college basketball guys are coming back and we get the G league coming back and, and all of these prospects, that's when you start to get, be able to take in the full slate. And I think if you look at our composite big board, I think a lot of guys that know ceilings are, are showing like, Hey, we're, we're believing in the upside of some of these guys ahead of them and Thompson. And, and we've also been watching these like the overtime elite guys right now. And and we kind of have a feel of like what their potential skill set's going to be. I think every guy ahead of a man has the potential to go earlier than he does. I also could see a man Thompson climbing up and being in a realistic top five pick. So it's preseason. 
Like I, I'm not too worried about it, but um, there's just some real, this class is sacked folks. Like this is yeah. a dang good class. This has the potential to be really, really strong. The, the last name in that top 10 that surprised me uh, was Derek Lively at 10. Um, and not when I say surprise, it's I have him at 11. So the, the raw number didn't shock me. Um, you know, the, the talent and the foundation of the type of player that he is, that didn't shock me. What surprised me about him being 10 was that I can't recall anyone at no ceilings outwardly being super excited about him. The most I've seen is, I'm really intrigued by the tools or, you know, I, I just need to see it first, but I, I think there's something there. Everyone's feels a little lukewarm on him, but apparently we all still have him in that kind of late, that top 10 late lottery range. Yeah. I, I actually was surprised that he was at 10. Um, that was the one that kind of got me a, a second glance when I saw the composite rankings, because just as you said, I think there's a lot of guys that are, dipping their toe in the water, but they don't want to jump in and everyone's in wait and see mode to be like, okay, is, is Derek Lively going to look like the number one prospect in high school basketball? Or is he going to look like a guy that dominated high school and might have a little bit of a learning curve? The talent is sensational. There's, mm-hmm. there's potential for him to send a statement early on in the year and all of a sudden be like, okay, this looks like a top six guy. You know, it, it, that's, the tools he has. He's seven one and he's athletic. He can be a rim protector and he can run the floor. And he looks like he's got an outside shot potentially. But it's just we're wait and see mode. So I, I thought he was gonna be a little bit lower. Um, but when I saw that, like the funny thing is I always get nervous with these composite boards every time we do one. <laughs> because I I know everyone on Twitter is like you see that big board, those two words, and you click, and you're like, all right, time to yep. go to war. So it's and, everyone stretching out the Twitter fingers, yes. ready to, oh, all right, what did these idiots post? <laughs> and I love it. Like, I'm telling you guys right now, everyone listening, like, I, I'll pour myself a cup of coffee, and I'm literally, like, I put on, like, some 80s rock, and I'm like, let's go to war, boys. Like, time to bathe in the hate. <laughs> and then right when it goes public, I'm like, here we go, and I get it because I, I do the same thing every time I look at a big board. I'm like, what? And I, it's mainly just for fun. But um, it, it's just every time I do see that, though, I, I'm proud of all the no ceilings guys because it, it does come back. And I'm usually like, I'm pretty, you know, 85 percent are up. Like, I, I agree with most of the stuff. There's there's some stuff on this one I, you know, I'm OK with. But I feel like we had one last year that there we made a mistake or something and the numbers were messed up and i was like excuse me and i was like yeah why I, is he here i i believe our first one last year just a little peek behind the curtain um i believe our first one last year we did a top 30 but we only listed it out to 30 names so if someone had one guy at like seven but no one else had him his average ranking was seven because we just yeah. didn't do the math right so i i believe it like hami Hakez came in at like 17 uh last year because two people had him in their top 20 and no one else had him ranked it's like, but, but we love we, that's what we love because we were it's been like a running joke with all of us so um but no it, it also is cool to see everyone's because we 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 get to see everyone's rankings and we all talk about it and i there's a lot of guys that you know they believe in some players that i'm like oh my gosh all right i need to turn the film on like i love this all right. Well, at number 11, we have Anthony Black, 12, Asar Thompson, 13, Gigi Jackson, 14, Arthur Kaluma, 15, Dylan Mitchell. What did you think? 
The Anthony Black one really surprised me. So I currently have him at 26. Wow. Um, so I think I am by far the lowest on him, um, given that he's coming in at 11. Um, so I, I definitely think I'm the outlier there. Funny enough, I actually had him at 11. Oh. So. Oh, um, and, and you put the big board together. Interesting. Interesting. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't put the composite one. I just put the one on Substack. Um what why why are you why are you struggling help me help you let's 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 have a little vent here folks this is tyler metcalf he he's struggling to buy into the anthony black situation are you thinking he's jd davison because of the hair no that's a joke no no no, no. um what is it is it just you haven't i feel like anthony black is exactly the guy you usually like i i'm hesitant about the shooting I'm not sure what level that's going to be at. And I'm not convinced of how good of an athlete he is yet. And so it's, it's one of those things where I just, I I need to see it because the bulk of the film that I've, that's been available to me and that I've been able to watch was that Phoebus um, from over the summer and just the disparity in athleticism and level of competition was egregious um, where they were winning games by 60 points. So it's like anything any of those guys wanted to do, they were able to do. Now, I, I'm really impressed with the passing. I think he's a good defender. Um, I'm just curious. All right. If you're going to be one of these, you know, offensive initiating wings, you got to be able to shoot off the dribble a little more. And I just never really saw him hunting for a shot or creating much for himself off the dribble. So I, I'm, not, I'm not writing it off. It's not like he's like I'm set in stone with that. Uh, this guy's mediocre. Um, I, I just need to, to see it against better athletes and better competition. So you're, you're feeling about Anthony black, how a lot of guys feel about Derek Lively at no ceilings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get, so, and I'm fine with that. I, yeah, I completely so, so get it. Th- those guys are in a really similar boat to me, even though the, the pure ranking is quite a bit off. Um, and I, I think big part of that is that I, fully buy into Derek Lively's athletic gifts and I'm not quite there yet with Anthony Black. So SEC competition is going to be insane this year. So just very excited to see him actually playing in that system against that competition and just to see what it looks like. It it wouldn't shock me if I end up having him top 15, you know, come, come draft time. I'm just not there yet. So I I get it. I'm, I got some guys on my my list that I feel the exact same way about. So that's why it's the preseason, folks. That's why it's the preseason. We we can afford to wait and see. If if your first big board isn't perfect, you're human. Um, what else? Hit me with what else you got? Um, I'm oh, sorry, Thompson. I'm a little lower on. I have him at 19. Gigi Jackson's in that same kind of range. Arthur Kaluma, just a couple spots higher on. And then Dylan Mitchell, I have at 10. We had him at 15. So it, it was good to see that, you know, so, some some others out there are, are loving Dylan Mitchell, even though he uh, took like all of like five threes in his last like 15 games or something. So that's a big concern. Guys under Chris Beard don't have a uh, glowing reputation for improving offensively. So I'm a little worried about that, but I think he could be decent enough as just a corner shooter. And then I, th- I think he's the best defensive freshman um, in this class. So I, I, I just, I'm really excited to see him, um, especially defensively in that Texas system. Yeah. I'm excited to watch Texas 
in general. You know, some people are saying Texas is back. But I will say the one name I continue to struggle with and I think is the be like be careful, the cautious. I think Gigi Jackson's the one I'm a little nervous about. Um because I'm not saying he's not extremely talented. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is the putting too much on his shoulders because he's 17 years old. Yeah. He reclassified for everyone listening that doesn't know he reclassified. Um, he was supposed to go to North Carolina, reclassified going to South Carolina. Um, I saw one of the first exhibition games. He, he had a brutal outing. It sounds like from what I saw in the article, I'm not too worried because he, that's going to be a really steep learning curve. I don't care how good you are. If you're 17, a year for college basketball is a big deal. Yeah. Um, not everyone's built like Anthony Edwards and you look like, you know, a, a NFL linebacker, but you're playing a shooting guard position. So I'll, I'll be interested. He could be one that really slowly struggles and then finds some confidence and then starts to kind of like, okay, scouts are getting intrigued again, but I think that's the name that he was 13th on our composite. I could see that being a little bit of like a goes down a little bit, but we'll see. I mean, you brought up Mitchell. I'm right there with you. Mitchell's another one that I feel like this is the range of the big board where guys could swing either way. And Mitchell has the defensive tools to really be a problem this year. I just want to see if there's anything offensively other than dunking the ball. <laughs> that that would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of in agreement with Gigi Jackson. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm also kind of worried about how are they going to use him? Is it going to be, hey, you're this monster recruit and we are letting you do whatever the fuck you want? If that's the case, I'm kind of worried about what he's going to look like because um, I, I don't think the rest of the pieces in that South Carolina team are awesome. Um, I, I don't think the rest of that team is necessarily, you know, as good as a situation as like North Carolina would be. Now, obviously getting minutes and role and responsibilities are going to be very different between the two programs, but I, I'm just, I'm just fascinated to see how they use him because it, it could work brilliantly and he's just allowed to kind of freestyle out there and he looks awesome, or it could be an absolute tire fire. So I, I, I the, the range of outcomes for him this year feels really vast. My last question with this range, and then we can go on to the next five. Where did you have Kaluma? Um, I have Kaluma at 12. I I wimped out and I wanted to put him 12 and I put him 15. I, I, I already want to move him up. I think he, he's, he's going to be so good this year. I think he's going to go up in a hurry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, 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 I think that entire Creighton team is going to be awesome. Um, and yeah, that I, I have big expectations for them. All right. How but, about Baylor Shireman throwing over real quick? Did you yeah. see the exhibition clip of him throwing the Magic Johnson or like the Larry Bird over his head pass? And I was like, okay, Baylor, if not. you're, if, oh gosh, he like okay. drove, stops, realizes he's got the big guy running behind him and he just throws like from the elbow almost like behind over his head, no luck. 
just for a catch dunk. And I was just like, if you're throwing, if this team is doing that already, this Creighton team is going to be a wagon. So who who would have thought the Creighton Blue Jays turning into the Showtime Lakers? Oh, it it looked (laughs) unbelievable. I was like, Baylor, calm down, buddy. Like, I I love you, but oh my gosh. So, okay, next five. Okay. All right. So at 16, we have Cason Wallace, 17, Terquavion Smith, 18, Jalen Hood Shafino, 19, Khalil Ware, and 20, Amari Bailey. Where do you want to go? I, I feel like a lot of people might be surprised by the Turquavian Smith ranking. Um, I was okay with it. I was so, so I was surprised, but I was okay with it. Yeah, I know. I have him at 18 on my board right now. But when we look at returners and, you know, their pedigree, he's probably the biggest name for most draft fans. Um, I, I think Kaluma would rival him given the, the way he ended last year, but Turquavion was really good all year and had an awesome combine. So I'm guessing that most people would have him as their top returner. And I totally get it. Um, my big hang up with him is what is the at rim finishing going to look like? And it, 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 that's a big question for me. So I, it, I'm just kind of in wait and see mode. Um, I fully buy him as a perimeter scorer. Um, I even think there's a little more effective playmaking to him uh really flashy stuff last year not the most consistent and you know the ball security kind of wavered but the foundation of like oh this guy has some real creativity to his passing was there the funniest thing about looking at the composite board and seeing turkavion at 17 was if there is a a range or a number in which like one player like you could just tell everyone's in you got to wait and see if he improved it. That is right there at 17. Like, because I saw it at first and I was like, wow, I thought he would have been a little higher. And then I was like, no, I think that's a good spot because yeah. he comes out the opening month. Looks like he's taking that next step. That next big board at those ceilings is going to look <laughs> very different. Cause some people are going to be like, Whoa, did you see your cave on? He looked great. And I'm going to be like, yep, here we go. Um, so I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I had him at 17. I swear this is getting creepy. I, this is the first time I've looked at both mine and the composite. So um, I, I'm, I think he's going to have a really big year. I just want to see, is it, is it the efficient year or is it the, here's, here's the ball. Go do whatever you want. So, sort of the same thing we talked about with Gigi Jackson, except Turkavion has the talent to put up crazy numbers. So I want efficiency. I don't need him chasing yeah. 35 a game. I want him to be efficient and looks like he's making an impact to take strides and in, in the areas you're just talking about. The the rim finishing, if he can just showcase something, just that it's that he cares about it, that it, it's like I'm working on it, then I'll be like, I'm in. I'm 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 going to be in. So um only other name I had a little bit. I, I, I'm not there as a top 20 guy for Khalil Ware. And neither am I. I've met like 22, but I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm pretty pessimistic on what type of year he might have. I, where did I have? I had him at 24. Um, and for everyone that's been paying attention to the previous episodes, I openly said, there's a reason why, like I'm going to scout Khalil Ware in person this year. I'm going to go make a trip to go see him. And that's why, because I don't know. 
and and it's one of those guys that like I have already some names written down that are going to puzzle me this year. He's right at the top of the list. It's it's Khalil Ware. So I got to go see him in person and get a good grasp of it. I just when you get past Victor, this is my my fear with this class. When you get past Victor, I think it has the chance to be a really disappointing big class. And it also has the potential to be a very exciting class because for everyone that likes Khalil Ware, they're always going to go to the McDonald's game. And I'm right there with you because that game when he was going up against um, Lively, he looked like a monster. I was like, yeah. who the heck is this dude, this lanky freak? And then I was like, he's going to Oregon. Like I, I was like, shit, I got to deal with him in the Pac-12. Like, so I know, but I, I watched the high school tape and there's just, inconsistencies and i want to see he's going to be tested at the pac-12 so i want to see what type of player he's going to be um it wouldn't shock me if this all of a sudden becomes a very strong big class but i think there's some middle ground where it could get interesting in a hurry sorry there's my rant no i i i agree we we did a whole episode on him and we both kind of voiced our uh hesitations um, I, I think he looks like a completely different player when the outside shot is going in compared to when it isn't. Um, when it's, the outside shot is falling, his motor revs a little harder. Um, he's a little more active. He's a little more involved. When it doesn't, he kind of fades pretty quickly. And then I, I think defensively, I think he's just extremely overrated right now. I really worry about how he moves in space. Uh, I think his straight line athleticism is pretty promising. His vertical you know, spacing um, and rim protection is pretty impressive, but you get him moving east-west and I think he, he's going to get in trouble a lot, but we'll see. He's going to be tested. There are a lot of really talented players in the Pac-12, so it will be fascinating. But moving on, we have Marcus Sasser at 21, Tyrese Proctor at 22, Chris Livingston at 23, Nikola Jurisic. Jurisic, there we go, at 24, and Chris Murray at 25. This is my danger zone because there's three, there's four guys. There's about, there's four and a half guys that I absolutely love in that five. Um, And I'm, because I'm a Keegan Murray fan, I, I'm starting to root for his brother, but I actually am intrigued with his brother as a potential player at the next level. Marcus Sasser is going to be higher than this. Yeah, I am convinced. He, I don't care if he's 22 year old senior. I do not care. That dude is going to turn some heads in that opening month of the season because he is possessed. He's gambling on himself, and he is going to be on the war path. And I don't care. That, that is the upperclassman poster boy. I've been going to war for upperclassmen forever. And Marcus Sasser is leading that army this year. And I think some teams are going to see him and just what a machine he is. And they're going to be like, to hell with it. We're taking him, you know, in the top 20. So I'm really excited about Sasser. I know you are too. Yeah. And I, I have him at 20. So there's not a huge disparity, but you know, in my mind, at least there's, the gap between 20 and 21 for me is pretty significant right now, where I think Marcus Sasser is pretty significantly ahead of those guys. Um, I think there are a lot of teams who are in the 25 to 35 draft range 
this last draft who were really disappointed when he decided or announced that he was going back to Houston. Yes. Because uh, he looked really good at the combine. And was, he started last year off really well, too, um, before he tore his ACL. So it'll just be interesting to see how he comes back from the injury. But I'm expecting him to dominate. I, I think he could easily be in the player of the year running. Um, this is a dude who I think is going to be really, really impressive. Um, Tyrese Proctor and Chris Livingston were two other guys who I had in my top 20. Uh, so I'm a little higher on them. Uh, Jurisic, I didn't have on my board simply because I haven't watched him enough to put a number on it. Excuse me? So I know you've been trying to get me to watch him for like a month. Um, but I, I, I don't rank guys who I haven't been able to see. So it wouldn't surprise me if I have him top 20. Um, you're so disappointed. <laughs> just, <laughs> you're just, I, you're just distraught over there. <laughs> I had him 16th. Yeah, and I, I had him 16th, and I think I'm about to go to war for him. I, I think this dude's a dog. I, man, this dude can play. He is a, ooh, he is a bad dude on the court, and I think. Yeah. And it's going to piss me off when Gavoni tweets about it and everyone starts buying it. And I'm going to be like, you sons of <laughs> gun. No, I understand. I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud of you for admitting that because a lot of people will just throw it in there and be like, but um, Jurisdiction can play. I, I'm excited for you to watch him now. Maybe we'll all force you to do it on a podcast so we can finally talk about it. I just really like his game. Um, didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just, Wow! No, no, that was good. You, 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 you bailed me out of my the the grave I was digging for myself. So I, no, I no, it's okay. <laughs> Livingston, I love me. Ian, you both yeah. love him. Um, and then Murray, I just think is, I'm excited to see. Nick was Nick was hyping him on the deep dives pod that yep. we did together. Nick was talking to me about really need to go back and watch him defensively with the growth he had on, as a playmaker defensively, and you know Nick was talking some some really important stuff that if you if you listen to that episode Nick was talking about how the offensive game's coming along but he really really matured defensively last year and I was like if that is a prospect that keeps going back that is exactly what you want to hear is okay the offense showed some potential and then all of a sudden he really took a step defensively now if he goes back and takes that next step offensively you got a player and I, I just think Chris Murray might not be a top 20 guy at the end of the, at the end of the season, but he might be a damn good piece for a playoff team. Yeah. I, I was a little lower on him. Um, he's just one of those guys where I I'm hesitant to take when, when guys have really impressive, like per 36 stats or per 40 stats, um, but they play like a really minimal role and limited minutes. I'm hesitant that, oh, that's immediately going to transfer. It's just right. one of those cases where I, I need to see it because some some play, a lot of players are really effective in 10 minutes, but if you play them for 30, that effectiveness you know falls off a cliff. And not all players are capable of being really high-level contributors for you know extended periods of time. I'm not saying Chris Murray isn't capable of that. I just need to see it implemented first before I, I buy into him as a first-round guy. But and and as intrigued as I am, I made this big board before I even did that episode with Nick. I had him 39th. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I, I'm one of those guys like, hey, you impressed in limited run. 
extended minutes is a whole nother animal. So if he's going to be the guy, let's see it. And I'm, I'm waiting to see mode with Chris Murray, but I think there there's potential for them to have a great year and, and be a guy that just, we look down the road and we're like, Shit, Chris Murray's played eight years in the league already. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. one of those things. Like those are the guys. All right, moving on, we have Ryan Rupert at 26, Jordan Walsh at 27, Baba Miller at 28, Jet Howard at 29, and Jaime Jaquez at 30. Interesting group. Um, Rupert, I think, has got the most potential to swing up in a hurry just because of he's doing some good things with the breakers. I'm excited to kind of – I'm going to start doing the – um, foreign relations pieces that I think I'm going to re uh, rebrand and, and do some YouTube stuff on that too. But I'm excited to watch. I know he, he's been getting some buzz with his good play. Lengthy as heck. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to watch him. I think he could climb, but he's just more of like a defensive weapon. So I just want to see if the offensive game progresses throughout the year. Walsh, I'm, 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 I don't know why I can't buy into Jordan Walsh. I don't know. What you got any thoughts? Um, just real quick on Rupert. I have him at twenty four. I kinda buy the shot. I know it, okay. I know the numbers aren't really there right now, but I don't know. I, I f- just for some reason I feel confident in it and just, I mean, defensively he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm kinda with you with Walsh. I have him at twenty five. I really like the defense. I think he's a solid, he's like a good passer, not a great playmaker, um, if that makes sense. It's similar thing with Anthony to uh, Anthony Black. I just, I don't know what the shot is. And he just almost never looked for it from the perimeter. Um, so another guy where I just kind of need to see it. I need to see a little more confidence with him and what he is as a scorer uh, defensively uh, him and Julian Phillips on that link Academy team or a ton of fun on the perimeter. Um, and he, you know, he, he initiated a lot of their offense. So I think he's capable of that, but if he's doing that, he also needs to be a scoring threat in some form or fashion, whether it's being a better cutter, you know, shooting off the catch, uh, scoring out of the pick and roll, anything. Um, I just need to see it. And so far, I really haven't outside of like transition. Yeah, com- completely. I think I I had him even thirty third. I, I just one of those like that's a wait and see guy for me for sure. Um, trying to think who else. I, I'm I am really appalled with the Jet Howard slander. Um, I, I I was able to I, convince I had him at you. I had it oh, at twenty five. I'm at 25. Why do you hate Judd Howard? I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I have him as a preseason first round pick. Um, Yeah, there's some names that are going to come up. I was a little shocked. This is where we're getting to that point, folks. You were looking for fireworks. If you're still with us after 40 minutes, you're about to get some damn fireworks. Like there's, there's there's some names that showed up that I was like, come on, guys. Come on, boys. Like, and... There's also some names that I was just like, whoa, how did he show up? Like, I was just kind of like, all right. Wasn't on my board. <laughs> Who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout out, right. Albert. Who? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, at 31, we have Grady Dick. 32, Julian Strother. 33, Tyrese Hunter. 34, City Sissoko. And uh, 35, Mark Mitchell. Strother, I'm fine with that. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think that's same range-ish. Yeah, I'm fine. I like him a lot. 
Greedy Dick. Not there. Oh, you're uh, lower on Grady. Yeah, I'm not. Interesting. I, I'm, Let's talk about him because I'm way higher. <sighs> I have him at 14. Just, I'm just. He how? What? Kiss your mother <laughs> with that mouth? Shout out, Mrs. Metcalf. I just don't know if it's one and done. Fair. That's all. That's fair. I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to put up one and done numbers. I think it's. I'm not saying it's Christian Brown, but I'm saying Christian Braun. Gosh, Van Brown. Gundy pissed me off last night. Side story. Van Gundy pissed me off last night with his rant. If anyone was watching the Cavs Celtics game, he made a big deal about the pronunciation. And I was just like, Van Gundy, I, you're usually kind of funny. And it was just a terrible bit. Um, anyways, I don't know if Grady Dick's going to be a one and done guy but I could see him playing a couple of years at Kansas becoming a damn good piece at the next level. And I just, I'm not sure about him being a freshman one and done at Kansas. That's, that's my only hesitation. That's fair. Um, what, why, why am I wrong? I'm just saying, if you have him 14, yeah. hit me, hit me with some, some truth. Um, elite shooter. Uh, best off ball mover in this class. The way he kind of changes speeds, directions, uh, varies his, pass off screens um yeah and he puts his defenders in absolute hell Keontae George had just a miserable time chasing him around the perimeter and off screens and around the baseline uh when they played um then you know he's not a playmaker per se but his decision making on whether to shoot or pass when he ran off screens or DHOs it reminded me a lot of like the two-man game that Duncan Robinson and Bam out of bio run where you know, he'll, he might rise up for a shot, but when both defenders jump with him, he, is, he has that decision-making ability to pull it out and, you know, slip a pass to his teammate. Um, and then I, I came away really impressed with the off-ball defense. Obviously, the on-ball stuff will be a little more limited, but off-ball, I thought he communicated really well, um, was in the right position, was active, um, all that kind of stuff. So, again, when we, you know, talk about these guys routes to college and the McDonald's all American game when they all kind of lined up, he definitely looked the most physically behind. He was the one guy who out there who like actually looked like a high school kid where the rest of these guys looked like grown men. Um, so from that standpoint, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not a one and done. Um, I'm expecting teams to guard him extremely tight on the perimeter, kind of like they did with Christian Brown after his freshman year and force him to do anything else. And he's going to have to prove whether he can or not. And getting to the rim and scoring there is going to be crucial for him. Um, but I, I think just the base minimum of him as an off-ball shooter um, and off-ball mover is pretty elite for his age okay okay all right um we were 30 to 35 yes yeah yes yeah. who else who else have right. you got um well where are we at for time all right um i n- none of the other names in that kind of range really surprised me mark mitchell um i'm intrigued to see I, I don't think he's going to put up a huge statistical year, but will be one of those like really high level role players, how that impacts his draft stock. Uh, really interested, interested to see. And then Tyrese Hunter, I love the defense, love the kind of at room finishing um, and his mindset attacking the rim. He's just got to shoot. 
small guards don't get drafted anymore if they can't shoot. So he's got to prove that he can do that. Um, I expect him to be an absolute nightmare of a defender at Texas, though. Yeah, I didn't. This is the range where I kind of had some guys lower that I was like, I don't feel great about it, but I don't have anyone ahead that I'm like, I have to swap them. So I, I, I have no problems with this ranking. I think Mark Mitchell is going to be one of those guys to keep an eye on that might yeah. not put up the numbers, but you can't, you, it's just going to be a draft t- Twitter crush. Cause they're going to be like, Mark Mitchell can play dude. Like one of those just upside, maybe um, ends up going somehow like end of the first round with just like, that's, going to be a good player you know just one of those guys so i'm excited to watch mark mitchell um city sissoko is a reason he's on that list with khalil Ware. i I already went to vegas and watched him showed some flashes in that first game against the metropolitan 92s i don't know but then but then it was just kind of like rawness yeah and i was talking to Corey the other day about this um when we were doing our mock draft and i was like he needs the g the g league now this year is a full schedule they're playing way more games and i was like he needs to in the middle of the year like the light switch claim on and he's really finding his groove and then he'll skyrocket but i said that's the guy that's going to benefit the most from the G league. I think is because he has freakish tools. He looks fantastic. I just don't, I don't know right now. I'm, I'm a little puzzled with him, but I'm, that's why I'm going to go see him. What else? All right. Well, at 36, we have Julian Phillips, 37, Nolan Hickman, 38, Mike miles, 39, Deron Holmes and 40 Maxwell Lewis. I think Phillips that low is a travesty. How, how high are you on him? I had him at 23 and I Ooh. am not sleeping well about it. I think he's, <laughs> I think he can play. Yeah. I think Julian Phillips is a very, very good. I think he's going to be a first round guy. Um, that was the name that I, I was doing the composite and I was like, what the, I was like, what <laughs> Julian Phillips? Like, but um, it's preseason. I'm not going to, you know, go to war with anyone at no ceilings yet. But I'm on that I'm on that path now. But where did you have him? Uh, early 30s. Um, okay, that's fine. I, I, I just wanted I wanted the shooting consistency to be a little better. Um, I think he's going to shoot it. Just kind of need to see it. I love the defense, though. I, I think he's so much fun defensively. And as long as, you know, that shooting kind of comes around, obviously not talking 40%, but like 35 on five to six attempts a game, I'm going to be more than eager to launch him into my top 20 because I I just love the way he plays. It's yeah. it's kind of quiet, but super impactful. Um, just does a lot of the little things, really good athlete. So I, I'm really excited to... Uh, to watch him and hopefully move him up. The the one that shocked me was Nolan Hickman. Um, I have low him. or high. Um, I, I thought he was too low. I have a first round grade on him. Um, I, I think he's going to be awesome at Gonzaga this year running the show. 
really good defender, good passer, good shooter. I get the size is a bit of a concern, but I, I just, I buy in pretty highly on him. I absolutely love me some Nolan Hickman. I, that is my wait and see guy because I, I'm in a position of like going all in. If he shows me in the first month, I don't care if it's against lesser competition. I just need to see him look like it. He knows like, it's my time. This is yeah. my time, you know? And, um, I really like last year I talked to some people around that program. They were all just foaming at the mouth for Nolan Hickman this year. They were just like, man, Nolan Hickman is going to be a dude next year. And I was just like, right. And when I watched him get some run, I was like, this guy looks like he can play. So I'm excited to watch him, but I'm just in wait and see mode. And and if he shows it, I'm going to be like, I'm in, let's do this. Let's, let's go to war, Nolan. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's it's. I need I need everyone to get back on on the Mike Miles train immediately. Yeah, that 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 was the other name that I was just going to bring up. Where I think he could be in a similar vein to Marcus Sasser, where we were talking about Sasser having a monster year coming back. I I think Mike Miles is right there with him. Um, that dude does whatever you want him to do, I, especially offensively. So I I'm a big Mike Miles fan. I had him at thirty. I'm at thirty two. That's because me and you are just great human beings. Mike so, Miles. Someone has to know ball over here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Mike Miles, if you haven't watched him, that dude is a dog. I mean, he is so much fun to watch. He's just the competitor. And there is a spot at the NBA for Mike Miles. So I'm I'm a humongous fan. Dude's just a hooper. I, I think Upperclassman going to war. Him and Marcus Sasser. That's going to be the poster boys. It might be a piece. There you go. Um, what else? All right. At to uh, round out our top forty-five, we have Jordan Hawkins at forty-one, Harrison Ingram at forty-two, Adam Bona at forty-three, Kyle Filipowski at forty-four, and Trey White at forty-five. Um, I'm a huge Jordan Hawkins fan. Had him at twenty-eight. Ooh, love that. Um, there's a lot of guys I have on my board already that I want to change. This is what I get for being first for the first time in no ceilings history of putting my big board up first. Shout out Nathan. He made fun of me in the group chat. He's like Rutgers first. Um, but I already hate my big board. I want to change it. So (laughs) that's what I get. But see, this is good. I know what you're doing, Metcalf, because now I'm going to get off this and be like, I'm exhausted. And I'm also going to be like, Time to turn on the film. I got to rewatch all these guys. <laughs> but um, I really like Jordan Hawkins. I think he's he's going to have a big year. I, I'm very intrigued with his tools. What about you? Anything? The, the, this is the range for me where it's like literally any five names here would make sense or I could kind of get behind. Um, I'm really intrigued by Adam Bono, uh, Kyle Filipowski. The couple games I saw, they were either incredible or horrible. So it's like, okay, I have no idea what you are as a player. That's great. Appreciate that. Uh, Trey White, I think, is really interesting. Um, Harrison Ingram, that high kind of surprised me because I just I, – I get it in some standpoint because I think he's a really smart player. I think he knows the game at a really high level. The fact that he just didn't produce anything last year is it, it, something that I, I, I'm going to need to find some way to get over. Um, so I'm just interested to see what type of 
shape he kind of comes into this season with and what his mindset is as, you know, is he going to be a dominant player and take over games on both ends of the floor? Or is he going to kind of just coast and go through the motions on both ends like he did last year and put up middling numbers? Because some of what he did, you know, throughout games was impressive that didn't show up in the box score, but it wasn't at the level of consistency enough where it's like, okay, this dude, you know, he's making an impact. A lot of the time it's like, oh yeah, Harrison Ingram's still out there. So I'm, I'm just really hesitant to buy in on him, um, but we'll see. He has, for everyone listening, like he has, I think, some of the highest swing factor. Like he, if he shows that he had a strong offseason, I think Harrison Ingram could really get cooking up boards again Mm -hmm. because he was intriguing last year. Scouts were really fascinated. He's like 6'8", stocky, young. Um, Stanford put him as a playmaker a lot last year. Like uh, I went and saw them in Vegas. He was bringing up the ball a lot. He made some really smart decisions. I think the shot has a while to go. Um, and, and that was just for me watching and in, in pregame and kind of seeing just the inconsistency. He doesn't have that confidence yet. I'm sure he was working on it this off season. I'm sure it's going to look much better. And if he shows that, then yes, he he's going to heat up because he has those tools I'm just right there with you. I think it's got to be more consistent and shout out Stanford Cardinals. I'm not trying to downplay this with this next statement. He's at Stanford. He needs to go kick some ass. Like he needs to be the guy. He needs to be the alpha. He needs to say, get on my back. This is my time. This is my team. And he needs to put up some numbers. If he does that, he's a first round pick. But last year he just showed some, you know, some confidence that would come and go. And then I think one of the games I saw, he was like, couldn't miss from outside. And I was like, okay, here we go. Like, let's see. And he, and he was making plays all over the place, but his confidence was rolling. Yeah. He just needs to be the guy. And and if, you know, we have him at 42, if Harrison Ingram shows that early, he's going to be, scouts are going to be buzzing about him again because he has the tools. He has the frame. All right, Rucker. Well, before we wrap up, uh, this episode. Um, I, I didn't tell you that I had this in the rundown, but I have a green room nomination for you. So we're, we're wait, 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 before out. you go, I have one, I'm going to cut you off for one yeah. thing. Cause I want to know something, anyone on your big board that wasn't on the composite, uh, Langston love. Oh, I got to get back on the Langston love. You're that really big one. on him. Uh, Taryn Armstrong, Jalen Wilson. How about our boy from our other boy from Creighton? Um, your boy. Oh, what? Trey? what Trey? Um, I think he was like just outside okay. trying to find him. Yeah, I have, everyone like, listening, I have him like is, late 40s. Everyone listening, this is top 45. Like <laughs> it, it was annoying when you got to 45 because I was like, oh, we're stop I forgot we're stopping at 45 for the first one. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, well, I like him, but I'd have him probably like right outside. So yeah. um, um I was yeah. Can, Kevin McCuller was another one that I I have at 31 that didn't make it. Um, Alex Fudge, Eric Gaines, JJ Starling were a couple others who I had like right in the mid 40s. Um, Alex Fudge sounds like things are heating up. Alex Exciting Fudge stuff. is going to be crashing the damn party <laughs> if he has a good month. I'm going to tell you folks right now, 
I didn't have Alex Fudge in my top 45. If Alex Fudge shows me something that first couple of weeks, you're going to find out how I feel about Alex Fudge. If, I'm if, going to be like, I'm in. Yep, let's go. And, and If I Alex Fudge comes out shooting six of seven from three in his first 10 <laughs> games and you don't think I'm moving into the top, top 10, yeah, <laughs> you're goddamn wrong. <laughs> um, well, what about you? Anyone, anyone left off of yours? Jackson Davis. Mm. He was at 50 for me. I am at 43. I understand if people don't have him there, but I still I just think see he's going to be take a jumper. Yeah. Just literally take like more than one jumper every game. And I'll be like, all right, cool. Top 40. Um, JJ Starling was my big kind of little shocker. I thought there was going to be some more fans of no stealings. Uh, Notre Dame guard. I really yeah. like his game. Me and you have talked about him before. I, I thought he was a top 45 prospect. Colby Jones. Who did he hurt at no ceilings? I love Colby Jones. I had him 21. Oh, wow. Okay. I love him. I love him. And, and I'm prepared to get a shit storm thrown at me if, if he struggles. But I really, really like him. Um, who else did I have? I was shocked James Najee didn't make the board. But I think that's just because the international grind and he's, you know, He's he's raw, so I understand it. He probably would have been lower, um, but I understand. That's all I got. Okay, green room, hit me. All hit right, me so, with it. So for the for new listeners or those who have, may have forgotten, the green room is the most exclusive, exclusive and prestigious club in the draft world. Um, there are fourteen members, no fewer, no less. Um, we don't have it full yet, so I guess there is less, but come draft time, it will be capped out at 14. Uh, current members are Victor Wembanyama, Derek Whitehead, Jairus Walker, Scoot Henderson, Cam Whitmore, Amen Thompson, and Nick Smith. I have a new nomination. Brandon Miller. Hmm. You already stole something I was going to say for a later segment. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I'm in. I think yeah. he's in. Fuck yeah. I think God, he's I in. That. I'm 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 drinking as much Brandon Miller Kool-Aid as I can possibly drink as a draft prospect. I'm telling yep. you. There and all the college hoop guys are not helping me. I feel like I'm like, I'm good, and they just bring over another pitcher and they're like, No, <laughs> have some more. It's on the house. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Okay, fine. He just is, I think he's going to be a problem. I think everything it sounds like from Alabama's, you know, camp is just praising him. Players that are playing or his teammates are praising him. His stock is going to be in a dangerous territory if he has a strong start to the year. So, yeah, I, I have him at six right now. Um, I, I appreciate that Nate Oates is uh, taking coaching advice from this podcast. Mate uh, means the world. Might not be the best thing for Alabama basketball moving forward, but hey, I guess we'll find out. Um, all right. Awesome. Love it. Roll Tide. Brandon Miller, welcome to the green room. Well, so how many total do we have now? I know you just uh, rattled one, it off, two, but three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ooh, we're filling up. Okay. And, and the problem is, so, is we're going to gonna get kicked out. Well, we're going to have some honorable mentions and then we're going to have to, at the end of the year, we, you know, we have the big show and we, we make some difficult decisions. Everyone's going to have a resume, you know, you're waiting in line and then we're just going to have to cut. Some people get thrown out, you know, some people get bounced. Yeah. There, there are going to be a couple of guys who have been hanging out for months. And then it's just like, Hey, it's time to go. <laughs> your, your card got declined. 
You are yes. no, well, no longer welcome here. Yeah, but. you've had too much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Um, we do have part two coming very shortly. It should be in your feeds already where we're going to kind of go through um, the No Ceilings mock draft that just went up on, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's published. Welcome. Go check it out. NoSealingsNBA.com, 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there. Go check it out. Um, and then we're going to wrap up part two with some preseason hot takes. So, Rucker, tell the people where they can find you. NoSealingsNBA.com, Tyler underscore Rucker on the internet. I'm pumped for part two. This mock draft got a little crazy. The funniest part was Metcalf actually wasn't there. He had a life matter. Crazy life can get in the way sometimes. So Metcalf's going to. It's going. This part two is going to get a little vicious because I actually, I have some disgusting thoughts about the mock draft that I did not share with the group last night. So I'm ready to go to war. So let's have some fun. Let's get weird. All right. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Metcalf One One. You can find all of our merchandise, including our preseason draft guide. It's all available at NoSealingsNBA.BigCartel.com. Go check it out. Uh, we, we got write-ups on our top 30 guys. Um, and then the, the next 30 to keep an eye on, along with some introductions to OTE and international guys. Great way to start off the season to get ready for who you need to keep an eye on. Um, so you're not surprised. Stay ahead of your friends. Go check it out. Uh, you can follow us across all socials at no, no ceilings NBA and find all of our written work. That's hundred percent free over at no ceilings If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and a five star rating until next time. See ya.